welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. Taking a walk in the West Brattleboro Cemetery on Mather Road reminds us that Veterans Day is coming in a few weeks. It is an old cemetery with people from the 1700s buried on one side of the dirt road and neighbors from this century buried on the other. Interspersed among the graves on both sides are United States flags, indicating men and women who have served in the military during these last 250 years. In Brattleboro, the holiday we now know as Veterans Day began in 1919 as Armistice Day. Armistice is a fancy name for truce or suspension of hostilities. During World War I on November 11, 1918, a negotiated armistice was declared and the truce effectively ended the war. 1919, on the first anniversary of the troops, Brattleboro held a large celebration and honored those veterans who were able to return. The idea of honoring veterans was not new. After the Civil War, Wyndham County formed a veterans organization that held gatherings in different towns during late August or early September. The meeting of veterans moved from town to town, with Brattleboro, Townsend, and Bells Falls often hosting the event. Various regiments and companies within those regiments would gather to reminisce and remember those who were not able to attend. Speeches would be made, stories would be told, and a large campfire would be ignited as the evening wore on. When it came time for Brattleboro to host, the event was often held at the fairgrounds, which had previously served as a military camp where the regiments had originally mustered in and out of service. While these affairs were called Veterans Day, they were organized differently than the Armistice Day of 1919. The Civil War Veterans Day were specifically centered on the surviving soldiers of the Civil War, and they were organized by a Wyndham County affiliation of veterans. On the other hand, the Armistice Day of 1919 was one of the first efforts of the newly established national organization known as the American Legion, and a concerted effort was made to include more of the community in the Day of Remembrance and Celebration. The newly formed American Legion Post in Brattleboro coordinated with the Board of Trade, an early version of the Chamber of Commerce. Local government, businesses, and organizations pitched in to plan a day of community-friendly events. Brattleboro's first Armistice Day included a morning parade up and down Main Street, a memorial service during the parade, music and speeches in the Town Hall Auditorium, a football game on Island Park between returning veterans and the Brattleboro High School team, a free dinner for all veterans at the Masonic Lodge, and a torch-lit parade from the lodge to a dance held at Festival Hall. The local papers reported that over 200 veterans took part in the events. In 1938, a federal law was passed to establish November 11th in each year a legal holiday, a day to be dedicated to the cause of world peace and to be thereafter celebrated. In 1954, President Eisenhower signed a bill into law replacing the word armistice with veterans, intending to honor all veterans, not only those who served in World War I. Veterans Day makes us think of all those who have served in the military. Walking in the West Brattleboro Cemetery the other day, two veterans' graves stood out in their simplicity and the sorrow that must have enveloped their families as the soldiers were buried in the prime of their lives. In the new section of the cemetery on the east side of Mother Road, Marshall Halyard is buried. Marshall graduated from Brattleboro High School in 1935. He grew up at 201 Western Avenue. His father was a select board member and his mother had been a librarian at the Brooks Library. Marshall attended UBM for two years, moved back to town, and took a job at Woolworths. When World War II began, Marshall wanted to become an Army pilot. In March 1942, he enlisted. Marshall took tests which qualified him for a military aviation training program in Texas. 
He was set for training in, in June 1943. The local paper announced he's the first Brattleboro boy to become a navigator. In October 1943, word arrived that Marshal Halyar was in, working as a navigator on bombing runs over Germany. He had begun flying as a substitute navigator and was eventually assigned his own crew. In January 1944, while flying their 13th mission, bombing a Messerschmitt factory in Brunswick, Germany, Marshall's crew was shot down. In February 1944, his parents received a telegram reporting that Marshall was missing in action. The family hoped that he had been able to parachute to safety. However, in April 1944, Marshall's parents were notified of his death. The German government had informed the Red Cross that they had identified Marshall's body in the wreckage of a downed plane. Fortunately, it was more than five years before 26-year-old Marshall Hilliard's body was recovered by the U.S. Army and returned for burial in the West Farewell Cemetery. In the old section of the cemetery on the west side of Mather Road is a grave of Addison Stearns. Addison was born in 1841. He grew up on a farm near the border between West Belborough and Marlborough. He worked on his family's farm and did not immediately jump at the call to serve in the Civil War. A military camp was established in Bravo in September 1861, when the 4th Vermont Regiment was the first to muster in at the location that was originally the public school complex off from Fairground Road. It was a little more than a year later in October 1862 that the 16th Vermont Regiment was formed at the Bravo military camp. In 1862, the war was not going well for the Union. 21-year-old Addison Stearns responded to the call for a new batch of nine-month volunteers. He reported to Fairground Road and was assigned with other Brattleboro area soldiers to the 16th Regiment, Company B. According to Governor Frederick Holbrook, over 13,000 Vermont soldiers mustered into service at the Brattleboro camp. Addison was one of the last to do so. By June 1863, the 16th Vermont Regiment had done little to contribute to the war effort. It had mostly been relegated to guarding railroad tracks to protect supply lines. As July closed in, all of that was about to change. The 16th was ordered to do some hard marching and join the Army of the Potomac's 1st Corps as it was chasing Robert E. Lee's army through the South. According to Howard Coffin, in six days, the 16th Regiment marched 120 miles to arrive on the evening of the first day of the Battle of Gettysburg. On the third day of battle, the 16th Regiment, with Addison Stearns, found itself on Cemetery Ridge, where they repulsed Pickett's charge. For the next two weeks, the 16th chased Lee's retreating army through Maryland back to Virginia. At that point, their nine-month enlistment was done, and they began their trip back to Vermont. 22-year-old Addison Stearns was able to return home on July 24, 1863, but the hard fighting and marching had taken its toll. Addison had come down with an unspecified illness that made him progressively weaker until he died at home on August 4th, less than two weeks after returning to Vermont. In his family history, it is written, he gave up his life for his country. On his West Brattleboro Cemetery tombstone is the following epitaph. Farewell now, our son and brother. Farewell till this life is o'er, when hand in hand we'll know each other and meet to part no more. If you are interested in local cemeteries, about 20 years ago, Marjorie Howe began gathering records pertaining to the cemeteries located in town. She created cemetery maps and individual grave sites for the The results were published in spiral-bound books, and our research room in the Municipal Center has copies of her valuable work. Stop by if you'd like to find out more. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.